that you come to a time where, because the word was, now is the time, right? This is, now is the time to let go of this. It's not that it couldn't have happened before, but we come to a point where God is so tired of seeing us in bondage. See, we come to, because we keep ourselves in bondage. And we let things grab onto us and we hold on to it because we're afraid to let go of it. And, um, but it's through that bond that we have with him that he's like, I'm so sick of seeing you in this pain. I don't want to see you in shackles anymore. I don't want to see that. And he didn't want to see it in the first place. And uh, it's, like, it's like he waits for us to come to him to be free of these things. But if we wait too long, eventually he's going to say, now is the time. I want you to be done with this now. You know? Because he doesn't want you to be free. He doesn't want you to have peace all the time. It's what he wants for you. Um, I'm going to go off book here. Go with me to uh, I, uh, Psalm 45. We need times of inspiration, you know. Psalm 45. (laughs) So David and the other psalmists, they would play a tune. Uh, You see how it says here, to the chief musician set to the lilies. That's That's a tune that everybody, that everybody knew. And but see, it says set to the set to this tune. So that means that they are not. They may have started off singing this particular tune, but they are not singing the words to this tune. They are singing these words over over the over it, and they're doing it by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, because you can prophesy uh, through song. Okay. Um, and this is, you know, this goes to what Becky was talking about. That's why I felt led to go over here. So look at verse 1. He says, my heart is overflowing with a good theme. <laughs> so when, uh, I, this is exactly what will happen if, if I'm over here and God gives me something to start singing out. Sometimes he just gives me a, a theme to follow. It's just something to, you know, and I kind of, and I, and I have to listen for the words. I know what he's going to want. Us to me to sing about, but I don't. But but I don't. Uh, I have to wait for him to to give me the words, you know. So he says, "My heart is overflowing with a good theme. I recite my composition concerning the King." That's capitalized. So he's talking about Jesus. This is before Jesus was ever born. I recite my composition concerning the King. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. You are fairer than the sons of men. Grace is poured upon your lips. That word fairer, it's more bright. Fair in the sense of being more bright. You are fairer than the sons of men. Grace is poured upon your lips. That word lips can also be translated language. His speech. Jesus' speech. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword upon your thigh, O mighty one. 
with your glory and your majesty. And in your majesty, ride prosperously because of truth, humility, and righteousness. And your right hand shall teach you awesome things. Your arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies. The peoples fall under you. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. All your garments are scented with myrrh and aloes and cassia. Out of the ivory palaces by which they, by which they have made you glad. King's daughters are among your honorable women. At your right hand stands the queen in gold from Ophir. So now we get to the king's queen. We talk about the bride. The bride of Christ. That's the church. Listen, O daughter. Now it's talking to the queen. So it's talking to the church now. Listen, O daughter. Consider and incline your ear. Forget your own people also and your father's house. Forget about the old things. The old ways of doing things. Forget about what you were taught. Even in your father's house if it was not of God. That's what it's saying. Forget your own people also in your father's house. So the king will greatly desire your beauty. Do you see that? What Becky was talking about that. That response when, you, when it's like, Lord, that display of love to him causes him to respond in the same way. So this, this, forget your own people, your own, if, if for the sake of chasing after him. So that the king will greatly desire your beauty. You become beautiful in his eyes the more you let go of the past, the more you let go of the old things. And the more you chase after him, the more beautiful you are in his eyes. <laughs> and we know this is not talking about an earthly king and an earthly queen because the next line says, because he is your Lord, worship him. Worship him. And the daughter of Tyre, now that's, or Tyre, that's, that's the people of the world now, people out in the world. And the daughter of Tyre will come with a gift. The rich among the people will seek your favor. This is still talking to the church, the daughter, the, the queen. Your favor. The royal daughter in all, is all glorious within the palace. Her clothing is woven with gold. So she shall be brought to the king in robes of many colors. Now, <clears throat> uh, the daughter of Tyre, people out in the world. Jesus said when he was talking about what people in the world will do toward us, there's, there's hatred, there's persecution and things like that. But he also said, give and then it will be given back to you. Breast down, shaken together, running over. Shall men put into your bosom? Shall mankind put it? Why? Because of your favor with the king. And because you're so into his kingdom. You see it reflected right here. The daughter of Tyre will come with a gift. The rich among the people will seek your favor. Okay. 
down to verse 14. She shall be brought to the king in robes of many colors. Actually, it's like embroidery. That's what it's talking about. Because her, her clothing is woven with gold. <clears throat> now, gold oftentimes is represent, you know, God is, it's God's divine nature, his divinity represented in gold. Why is it woven into the garment? Because Jesus said, abide in me. And I'll abide in you. You are not him, but you are in him. And therefore, his very nature is embroidered into your life. Verse 15, with gladness and rejoicing, they shall be brought. These are oaths, sorry, I, I skipped that. She shall be brought to the king in robes of many colors. The virgins, her companions who follow her, shall be brought to you. With gladness and rejoicing, they shall be brought. They shall enter the king's palace. Instead of your father's, shall be your son's legacy. Instead of the old way, instead of your, your, what your father's taught you, you will pour into your sons instead. And there will be a new legacy, a legacy of God, of Jesus and his kingdom. Instead of your father shall be your sons, whom you shall make princes in all the earth. I will make your name. This is God speaking to Jesus now. I will make your name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore, the people shall praise you forever and ever. And so the symbol, this, this symbol that God uses of a husband and a wife, that's the most intimate relationship, most in, intimate covenant that can be made between uh, men and women, between mankind and mankind. And it's not exactly the same as the covenant we have with God, but because it's the most intimate covenant that exists here, which is why it's under attack. But it's, since it's the most intimate covenant that can be represented here, God, to show how deep our relationship with, is with him, he says, look at a marriage, and that is, you'll get an idea of how deep this is between you and I. And notice that the king, he does do battle. At the right time and for the right purpose. Gird your sword upon your thigh, O mighty one. With your glory and your majesty, and in your majesty, ride prosperously because of truth, humility, and righteousness. You want to prosper in life. Value truth, humility, and righteousness. Those things will make you prosper. God will see that you're prosperous. And your right hand shall teach you awesome things. Your arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies. The peoples fall under you. Now, um, arrows a lot of times in scripture represent people. And if you notice, turn with me over to Revelation. Let me see what chapter it is. Because this word Jesus is glorified as the king. Very similar to the way we see him in the book of Revelation. And I've talked to you about this before, but I think it's important to go over it again. So that you understand the relationship between God's might and his love. 
and the relationship between uh, us and him. Look at chapter 5 in Revelation. Actually, it's chapter 6. Don't have time to get into a lot of the symbolism here. It says, Now when I saw the Lamb, that's Jesus, opened one of the seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse. He who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. Um, a lot of people debate about who this writer is, but I believe it's Jesus. Because white is never represented by anything evil in the word. Notice he's given a, a crown. Satan's not given a crown. He's given a crown, and he goes out to conquer, conquering and to conquer. We saw him do that just over there in Psalm 45, right? So what's he conquering? It said he's given a bow. A bow represents a covenant. A covenant. You see, he doesn't have any arrows yet when he first goes out conquering and to conquer. Did you notice that? Arrows are represented, they represent people. See, now he's got us, he's got arrows in his covenant. So if you go back and you look at Psalm 45, then it makes sense. Turn with me back over there. I should have told, told you to keep a bookmark in it. Jesus is conquering the nations, not through bloodshed. There will come a time for judgment, but it's not yet. Psalm 45, he said, it says in verse 4, And your majesty, in your, in your majesty, ride prosperously because of truth, humility, and righteousness. And your right hand shall teach you awesome things. Your arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies. The peoples fall under you. This is, uh, every time I read that, I get this picture. You know, you pray over people, sometimes they fall under the power of God. It's because we, as his arrows, pierce the heart of an individual. And then they come to Jesus. Because... God calls for, for, to himself a people out of the nations. So you see how this works? <laughs> All right, go back over to Revelation. And I'm not exactly sure. I, might, I need to look this up, exactly which chapter this is. We just read Jesus is riding out, right? I'm saying all this because of how God ministered this morning. And the word that was sung out, the word that Becky gave. Revelation 19. Don't you just love going off book and stepping out away from your safety net? It doesn't bother me anymore. Mm-hmm. 
Now remember, when you read Revelation, it's not necessarily written in chronological order. So look down in Revelation SC 19. Look at uh, verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. How does the bride make herself ready? How do we make herself ready for Jesus? By doing the work he's called us to do. The, the, she has made herself ready. Before you could do the work that God has called you to do, you have to have your heart in the right place. You have to get your heart in the right posture toward God. That place that David always had his heart. Search me, search me, O God. Know my heart. Know my ways. My heart always needs to be yielded to him. And now, then I'm prepared to do the work that he's called me to do. But it said here, remember, we read in Psalm 45, it was given to her this beautiful embroidered garment said to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, where the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. God does want to clothe you. He wants to provide, take care of you. The, the, the role of the husband is to sacrifice for the wife and take care of the wife and provide for her. And to love her the same way that Jesus loved the church and gave himself for her. And now I'm going to look, take a second because I'm going to look over. Here we go. <laughs> look down at verse 11. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness. He judges and makes war. So uh, the way that he makes war is in righteousness. Okay. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. Whose blood is that? That's his own blood. And his name is called... The word of God. And the armies of heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. See, here we're not just called the bride. We're also called the armies of heaven. See, now he's got an army with him. Before, when he's first revealed, he goes out by himself. He's got a bow. He's got the crown. He's got the horse. And he goes out conquering to conquer. But now, sometime later, he's got his armies with him. Because his covenant has gone out and has produced fruit. And people have answered the call and they have joined him. We get discouraged because we're like, oh, nobody seems to be interested in God these days. But there's an innumerable amount of people who will come. Because the word said so here in Revelation, that the number that comes out of the tribulation that belong to Jesus is, it cannot be counted. It cannot be numbered. How many? Don't be discouraged in the work God's given you to do. He's with you. <laughs> now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. That's his word. His word draws, does two things. It draws people to Jesus, 
and the people who, it does, who, who refuse to be drawn to him, his word stands as a witness against them on judgment day because he tried to get them. He tried to save them. They wouldn't do it. Out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. See, the wrath comes after the grace. Because people who don't receive Jesus, it does anger God. You know, you won't be judged for sin that you commit. The word said that the only sin that people are judged for is not accepting Jesus. Because he paid the price for their sin. And they, instead of accepting the price that he paid, they choose to pay the price themselves. And that makes God very angry because it's, uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's like a slap in the face to him. Because of what Jesus went through on the cross. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I just wanted to take a little bit of time and really explain some of the depth. And that you can see how deep his love runs. <laughs> People are like, well, how could, how could God... How could a just God throw people in hell? Because they refused him. Just as simple as that. Amen. We all okay with that? All right. Father, I pray a blessing over all these here. You love them so dearly. Stir our hearts up once again, Father. These times of just being in your presence and enjoying you are awesome, Lord God. But uh, soon we step out and the cares of this world seek to out those precious experiences that we have with you, Father. But I pray that you bring them to their remembrance, bring them to my remembrance, Father, the things that you have done. So that way I can say, Father, I'm grateful for this. Father, I'm grateful for that time that your presence hit me so hard I was on the ground grateful for that time. I'm grateful. I thank you, Father. I ask that you bless everyone as they go. Bring them back to you, Father. And I thank you for ministering to the people here today. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I guess I'll save this message for another time. He's a better preacher than me. <laughs>